We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, Mavs fans. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. I'm Kirk Henderson. And you are joining me at about 8.15 on Saturday, November 26th. Sorry it took me a little while. Um, kind of running the ship by myself tonight at home. And after finishing recording the podcast, went downstairs to one of my dogs destroying something. So uh, it's been a fun night of sort of like chasing chasing my ta- tail, so to speak. Well, if you're here live, you know that the Mavericks just uh, collapsed again. Well, I mean, collapse isn't even right. They kind of got their ass beat. Um, really no other way around it. Fell to a shorthanded Toronto Raptors team. Um, everybody played pretty bad. Luca played, you know, Luca played a, a pretty solid Luca game. He got doubled all game long, which contextually, that's really difficult to, to explain how a team does that an entire game and you don't just beat the shit out of them. That means that Proactively, the Mavericks were playing four on three for a significant portion of the entire game, and they could not win. Uh, that was really, you know, the the game losing play was really sort of emblematic of that, where they ran a, you know, they trap Luca, he gets the ball up to the short roll man, the short roll man passes the ball out, that, and then that guy decides not to take a shot and then throws the ball away. Uh, because nobody other than Luca seems and Spencer Dinwiddie to a degree seems to be uh, able and willing to take big time shots. Um, largely the problem seems to stem back to what we've talked about the entire year, which this roster is simply not that. Um, I want to say it's not good enough. It's not multiple enough to be to use a football term where you don't have guys that can actually do stuff 
everybody plays a specific role, but basketball is too varied of a game to have, okay, I'm going to be the shooter. I'm going to be the ball handler. I'm going to be the rebounder. You have to have guys who do varying things. And the Mavericks um, don't have enough of those guys. Uh, while it is true, they're still not playing elements of the lineup that we would like to see more of. I'm not sure if that makes it might make a difference in this game. I don't know if it makes a big enough difference in the season. Um, if if that makes any sense, because Matthew Phillips and I just talked about this on the the podcast that we did. He t- he basically pointed out how the Mavericks ran like a seven man rotation all the you know from January one on. This team doesn't have enough guys to be able to do that, and and that's that's really really where we're at. Okay, so you guys know the drill. We're going to come up on stage, we'll talk for a little bit, then we're going to get out of Dodge, because frankly, we've got to do this again tomorrow. You know, the Mavericks play again tomorrow, and we're all lunatics. We're all going to watch. So you come up on stage here, you want to talk. I'm going to go to people whose names I recognize less first. Uh, and let's not hang out too long, because I don't, I don't, you know, none of us wants to, to, to be here all night, I don't think. Mr. Davis, welcome to the show. Hit that unmute button for us and uh, fire off your take. Tell us what you got. Mr. Davis, you there? Okay. Got nothing there. Oh, my bad, my bad. Are you there? There we go. My bad. I I was on, I don't know. I'm over here getting angry on Twitter, so I wasn't even, I didn't think I was. Multitasking. Yes, sir. I don't know, man. It's like, it's like, I'm a, I'm a Mavericks fan, but like, sometimes I feel like, Cause I, there's like a, a large portion of us that is like, uh, uh, like, oh, I've been a Mavericks fan since 2018 type thing. Like, sure. you know, Luca got, but like, I'm, I'm starting to be like, like, Hey man, if he joins the Lakers at this point, I respect it. I respect it. Cause it's like, this is one of those games where I was just like, like, okay, so this game, I was, I, I'm, I'm going to drink a little bit. I'm going to have fun, you know. I'm going to enjoy this game. And and I know we might we might have a 20-point lead. We might blow it. That's fine. But this is like the, I don't know. I don't know the last time I was this frustrated for a loss. But, man, like. Well, they've had I, a lot of those really unbelievably stupid losses. And, and yeah. they've lost nine times. And I would say. Six of those qualify in the "Are you fucking serious?" category. Yeah, and, one and it, yeah, already, and the, you know because of the nature of the season, that's going to happen again. Like you're going to lose like like two point games or whatnot. But they couldn't get stops. They couldn't get rebounds. You know, obviously Toronto's very long. It's something that you sort of go into. But just like there's a lot of watching rebounding from the whole damn team, and we're to the point now where I think it has to be. Where, where it has to be saying, okay, what is the coaching staff emphasizing? Yes, the players are not producing. And some element of that, I think, swings back around where guys do hit shots because these guys are professionals. They're not going to continue to shoot 28% from three, meaning like Tim Hardaway to a degree, uh, Reggie Bullock, obviously another. But it's like, what is the team doing to emphasize? Like, what are you doing? Do you not know? Like, that? this is how Toronto was, it was such a pain the last game. It's like, you know what you're dealing with coming in playing some of these teams and it's like the, they just looked wholly unprepared for what was happening. Yeah, it's like last season, I don't know. I just – I don't want to go into every season thinking like – like I, I want to – honestly, after this game, I wanted to talk my shit. Like, you know, like fuck this team. Fuck, <laughs> fuck our role players. But it's like – I'm going to be honest. I did the same shit last season, and I hate my words. But like 
it, if we're going to do this every single season, it's like, are we supposed to be a defensive team or do we play wood and, you know, focus on offense? Like, like, I don't know, man. It's, it's just so frustrating. And Luca's body, like, there's like people that all the you know people that focus on his on Luca's body language all the time and like look at it as like you know like he's such a bad leader and I, I'm not that type of person but like damn like like he has five years left on his damn contract and I personally like I can't blame him man it's just like like I don't know like I'm I'm I know you I'll be honest I know you're a pessimistic person. And I'm a pessimistic person too, and I, and I'm trying to be like half like um what's what's the term like glass half full yep. type thing. I'm trying, man. I'm trying, but like, damn, bro, like, like Josh Green's carrying my optimism right now. But right. even even to it, that's it, man. That's it, because I, I I can't understand what the staff's trying to do with Christian Wood. And I'm not trying to shit on Bullock or DFS sure. or, you know, but when you have Luca playing at an MVP level and Dinwiddie, like, I I thought, you know, I thought, like, we put too much ex- too much of our expectations into Dinwiddie. And, he, you know, he played well. He's played well so far. And all these, all these things that we thought would go, like, you know, like, you got to, like, let your expectations go down because Dinwiddie might start bad. You know, I'm not saying Luca would start out of shape, but Luca might start a little bit rough. All these things are going well for us, and we're a 500 team, and a tough Western Conference. We're fucked. It's and I just Panda Hank on Twitter just posted that last terrible possession again, and it's it's just like this is some middle school basketball shit. Cleaver doesn't even fucking look at the rim. Oh my god, Cleaver. Uh... <laughs> No, I, uh, I I don't care what happened to that possession. I turned that shit off. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, right, thanks man. for hanging out, man. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. Everybody, whenever you come up, do do me a favor. Um, one, listen for your name. Two, watch your your audio input. Um, just to make sure you're not getting a little scrapey there, because uh, my man, Mr. Davis, I don't think he realized he was kind of hitting his uh, microphone a few times. But that's okay. Uh, Micah, Micah specifically messaged me to say he had some things to get off his chest. So, um. Uh, we're we're gonna hear about it. Micah, hit the unmute button. There you go. Oh, no. Kirk, how are you doing outside of this game? <laughs> okay, I'm okay. My dog shredded something downstairs, so I gotta. I need to like keep checking in on her to make sure she doesn't die because she probably. Oh god! She but you know, that's my dog too. He's shredding everything I own. The wife having a puppy, but um, man, it's. We keep on seeing the same things all over and over and over again. It's just, is what's crazy. This is what's irritating. As mad as I am and upset as I am about the JaVale McGee signing, why is he not getting minutes in the one or two games where he might have an impact? Oh, he played six minutes tonight, and he was a negative seven in six minutes. Like, he just gave up bucket after bucket after bucket. They cannot play him because he is terrible. Oh, so he's out there getting cooked. Yeah, he got cooked so badly in six minutes that they had to pull him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I watched Dwight Powell get cooked (laughs) by DeAndre Jordan. So, man, look, Dick, at least he might get a – at least he might get a what you would call it, uh, a rebound. 
Because white powerful get cooked, they ain't not going to get you nothing. Yeah. But it's just redundant, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't see the way out. Like it's just, it's tough. It's just we have so many of these guys that it's like we're to the point where you're going to have to attach draft capital just to get off their contracts. Could not agree more. I mean, this is why I wrote that piece last week. And frankly, I'm getting a little tired of, you know, it's like this always happens where you, you, you got media podcasters, et cetera. Some of my friends that are very optimistic and I don't want to rain on anybody's parade for being optimistic. There's nothing wrong with hoping your team succeeds. But it drives me nuts when I see these games where it's like, where, you know, there, there was three different media people tonight who I saw saying, why do people care who starts so much? Why do you care about this? Well, no, what we care about. I'm just going to speak. I'm going to pull. I'm going to, I'm going to give myself the Kyrie Irving role of being a voice for the voiceless and be a little ridiculously angry and say, it's not the starting. It's why aren't the Mavericks playing their best players? Why do, do Tim Hardaway Jr. and Reggie Bullock continue to get so much rope to fail, whereas Christian Wood gets 23 minutes again? What is going on in that regard? Why does Kid give this post game like, if you read his comments and listen to some of what he said, it almost sounds like he thinks they won. I, 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 am, I am baffled by that regard. Right, exactly. And it's not just that. It's like... At the end of the day, I don't care if you like the guy or not. You gave up draft capital to get him. And I don't care if there's no – I don't care if it's a late first-round pick. You gave up capital to get him. He's still 26 years old. And to me, anybody – when you're outside of 30, you still have chances to add and improve to your game. But to me, once you hit that benchmark, there is no more development, bro. They, like, Reggie Bullock is going to be Reggie Bullock Which for the next yeah. five years. And that's fine. It's fine to have one guy like that on your roster, not seven. <laughs> you know, and that's the issue. Yeah. It's just, look, I thought, it, I thought it was funny because it's, you know, one of those, like we like to do, make up these fake trades to just get riled up. And it's like, Oh y'all, y'all didn't want y'all thought it was crazy to not want to get Ben Simmons for uh who was it Bert Hans and T A Shea, bro? Look at the next roster. I think it's a, it's one of those decisions that just like the last trade that they make, where it works out badly for both teams. They have the exact like if you watch any Nets games. Their roster looks exact, like identical to ours. Yeah, and they're going to be like a five hundred team, just like us. So, I mean, why and- they already got five of those guys? Why would they want seven? And giving <laughs> up the best, and giving up their best defender to have that? Like, yeah. just yeah. stop it. Well, thanks for hanging out, Micah. You got anything else for us? No, man, that's about it. Um, I'm just, man, watching for some kinds of joy. I've been been watching the Legends a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm here to say that McKinley Wright is way better of a ball player than Faku. Well, sorry, not sorry. I don't see, but but 
But Faku and to a certain extent the Mavericks, like they need to have sets to run. Dallas runs no sets. They run weird. They run a couple of pick and roll actions. That's all I really see. And when Luca's getting doubled all game, that's the other part of it. But like Compazzo, yeah, like Compazzo being on the floor is basically they're funneling the ball to him and hoping that he shoots. And what do you know? He didn't. He didn't hit anything. Oh well. <laughs> He had defenders like five foot off him when he is right at the three point line. <laughs> Good lord, people. Well, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right. And guys, make no mistake, I'm not knocking optimism as a point of view. It's preferable. I don't like being I don't like being right. I, I've never enjoyed being like the getting dunked on about certain stuff is often very preferable for what because I would rather be like the negative shit and have somebody throw it in my face. But it's just this is this sort of element where it's just like, oh, okay, they're playing 500 basketball at a time when we really expected them to be a contender in this group of teams in the Western Conference. And the argument back is likely, well, look at the rest of the West. The rest of the West is also sucking. That is true, but the like that is a distinct issue apart from like it does not excuse the Mavericks also sucking. That's the part that I find crazy. Okay. Um Coming up next, then, Robert, welcome back. How are you? Hey, can you hear me? I can. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> Bad question. So I came to get a few things off my chest. The Please. First, right. The first is I agree with you. So I kind of, about the Wood situation, I agree about the starting thing with the greater media, I don't care if he starts. I think the issue is him getting more playing time. Yeah. Which like, he's still not getting. He went back down 23 minutes tonight. And, and this is my other thing. And I've been throwing this out since last year. And I hate to even say this because this is not like the fucking, I'm, excuse my language. No, this you can curse. Okay, great. This is not the fucking, like, I can't even come up with the analogy. The, the key, this is not pulling the sword out of the stone here. Sure. But it's crazy to me that a team that's built around shooting open threes has a guy whose only existence is to shoot threes and they don't play him. And when they do play him, they play him with Luca. And again, I understand that he's, they don't play him with Luca. And again, I understand that he's a terrible defender. I get it. This is not the answer. This is not. You're talking Davis, to... Davis Bertans to be clear. Exactly. Right? Okay. Exactly. This is not going to put them into first place. I, I totally get that. But it's just baffling to me that the only times they play him, they play him with the bench mob, which, again, does not run plays. <laughs> and so it's just I don't understand. Like, Hardaway can't hit shots. Like, Hardaway doesn't play defense either. Now, right. I guess in a vacuum, Hardaway's a better defender than Bertans. But at a certain point, it's like I just don't understand. Like, why not just throw him out there for 10 minutes a game with Luca, not with Dinwiddie, with Luca, and just – See if he can hit open threes, because we know if there's one thing he can do, it's hit open threes. Am I crazy? Yeah. Like, what is the thing I'm missing? I mean, the, that... the, the only like like the coaching reason behind it is because playing Luca and, and Davis together is a bit of a risk. But I don't see it. Like, I'm just to the point now where with Tim Hardaway Jr. in particular, who is Ooh, like he looks so athletic. bad defensively. He looks so athletic, bad. and he should be a good defender. He is not no, a good defender. So like, bad. <laughs> so it's like I, I get your frustration with that element of it for sure. If our, like, I don't hate Bullock because I feel like Bullock will turn it around. Yeah. And I feel like he's not like a lockdown guy. Like, I know that's our defense of him. That he's a great defender and he's not a lockdown guy, but he does defend. 
But yeah. Hardaway is like one of my favorite. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to zip through this, but That's one right. of my one of my favorite Luca clips is the game when they were still in the bubble. Not they weren't in the bubble, but there were still no fans. It was against Boston, right, where he hit the two threes back to back to to win. Remember that? It was on yes. TNT. And and the funny thing is, he hit the one that put him up one or something, and it went back. And Jalen Brown just went by Hardaway and dunked to put Boston up with whatever eight seconds left. Yep. And that's like my favorite Tim Hardaway play ever. Cause it's like, he just didn't do anything like, <laughs> like just nothing. Like he just like, Nope, Nope. He just did the mad door and he just let him go by him. And I, I mean, just give his minutes to Bertans who again, does not attack closeouts. Right. We all know that, but he can hit open threes. So that's my thing. And my other coaching thing is like, like I hate to, to get on the coaching because I'm, I'm very much in the camp of this is Mark Cuban's fault. Like, oh, sure. Like I'm, I'm hardcore 100%. This is a roster issue. There's no magical like key to solve this because, you know, they are the 2007 Cavs, right? Where it's just LeBron and Mozgov and Tristan Thompson, like just this awful, awful roster with this, you know, Della Vidova, right? With this, right. uh, one transcendent guy and like every game is watching that 2007 finals against the Spurs, right? That's how it feels. But at the same time, because the roster is so limited, they need to maximize what little they have. And the frustrating thing for me is that they don't run plays. And it's like, especially because, you know, a lot, kid gets a lot of flack for, how he never calls timeouts, right? Which I get upset about. Like, because it's unclear if he knows he's allowed to call timeouts before <laughs> they go down. Like, if, if he does not know that, someone should, one of the 25 assistants should explain that he's allowed to call timeouts. But my other complaint about it is that the few times he's actually called a timeout during a run, but it doesn't matter because he does not draw up plays, like, out of the timeout. Like, say what you will about Carlisle. He knew how to score out of a timeout. Sure. But... Kid does not draw up plays. And I don't understand. Again, they have 25 assistant coaches. Not one of them knows how to drop an, a play. Like when Luke is on the floor, I get it. But why, why don't they when Luke is not on the floor? Well, my, my early thought on this, and this may not be fair, um, is that if, if they turned things around offensively last season by putting the ball in Luke's hands a lot more, there's nowhere yep. to go with that this year. I am very disappointed in Jason Kidd overall. I don't know how I really feel about him yet because there's a lot that I probably don't understand about coaching, but I just get the feeling over and over and over again that he has positioned is like, he's a, he's, he's good at politicking. Let me be clear. Mm -hmm. He is career. He's made a career off of politicking. You know, he was, before he came back to be an assistant coach with the Lakers, he was out of the league. Yep. He had no offers. He had nowhere to go because he had essentially pushed himself out by being a sociopath up in Milwaukee. That yeah. is all politely papered over now, but there's plenty of copy about it. Yeah. Taking a fight with the owner. Did he think he would win? <laughs> like he's, he's an interesting, he's an interesting guy to say the least. And, you know, I always found it interesting that he came back to coach at all because he pulled himself out of his deal with the Mavericks to go sign with the Knicks. Like that should have left more bad blood than it did. But Cuban is very into like, like, like I'm thinking of like Dom and Fast and the Furious where it's like family, you know, it's like, yeah, that's where, right. where Cuban kind of relies no, it's a on a job so for life. It's I'm job willing for life. to give kid 
like as much as, but it's just, I just, I just, I have a very dark feeling about all this, whether that's justified or not. It's two straight seasons of tremendously bad starts that says something. I don't know right. what, because you know, they're the, my, my optimist take on this is like the Mavericks have, have really nowhere to go, but up, but I, I don't know what to make about that. You know? Well, here's my kid thing is that last year, his strength, it's not calling plays. It's not any of that. He got guys to play hard on defense, right? That was that. That was ultimately the answer that he did. Remember, he had the famous quote in the presser at the beginning of last season where he said, hey, we hang our heads, we're not hitting jump shots. And they really built their run in the second half off of defense. Yeah. If you cannot get the guys to play hard, and, what, and look, all of the hallmarks of poorly coached teams are here. They don't get up for games against bad teams. They don't get up for games against teams who are missing guys. They don't hold on to leads. These are all of the kind of non-X's and O's things, right? If, if he's not doing those, then there's not – then what is he bringing to the table? Yeah. And, and also, I wanted to finish with one last thing, and I'm sorry for saying this, and this is a ludicrous hypothetical, and it's going to just – just play into all of our worst impulses as glass half empty fans, just very quickly. So assume that Luca leaving is what spurs Mark Cuban into hiring a good GM. And just for this hypothetical, assume he does hire a good GM, right? He gets the guy from Toronto or Presti or whoever, whoever you want to put in. Right. Is that preferable to what we have now? Oh God. What- yes. <laughs> No, yeah. because no, this is not a team building exercise. Like I just, the, the Mavericks won a certain way last year and decided they wanted to play differently. I cannot get past that. They won with three ball handlers and going small. And they decided that their way forward was going big in an era where skill matters more than size. But do you think, but honestly, here's my thing. Do you, I don't think this was like them making a choice based on strategy. I think Brunson walked because, because, Cuban was not going to pay him because he fucked up the situation, which we don't need to relitigate. Sure. And then they got Wood as the backup and they brought in McGee because, look, they did need a rim protector. Like, right. they fucked that up and the three years is just unconscionable. But I don't think they did this as, like, I don't think they watched last year's Western Conference Finals and said the answer is less ball handlers. I think it worked out that way because of, these other things, but do you disagree? Do you think that this was like, I think the Brunson thing was just money. I think Brunson was, uh, you know what I mean? Like if he had signed for like, if he had said, I'm here for less, I'll take 80 million. They would have brought him back. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, that they didn't offer him enough money. And when Cuban said that, I'm pretty certain to, to this point, when he went on TV and said that to Mark Stein, I am pretty certain that they already knew he was gone which makes that sort of statement all the more indefensible and an attempt at a PR move to make, to make it look like he didn't want to be in Dallas when the reality was they didn't want to pay him. Now that plus with the, the fact that they get, you know, the, I still remember um, Nico's uh, final availability, like the, what do you want to call it? The, the end of season one where he's like, well, we just have to get better about rebounding. Well, they got beat by one team with a big that makes like $5 million a year and so it's 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 pretty it's pretty frustrating well robert i got a bunch bunch of people i'm gonna get to thank you for hanging out yep all right now you guys see josh bows up on stage
Um, Josh, I'm going to let you speak your piece since you weren't able to come on the show tonight, mainly because I didn't <laughs> want to stay up till 10 o'clock, like working. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a little bit chaotic at our house, um, so I've been doing some solo parenting. Um, significant other has been under the weather. You know, things get sure. I know you've been there. Um, so, yeah, uh, I did manage to still watch the entire game uh, sitting next to my 21-month-old daughter at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. So maybe, maybe not the most analytical perspective on the planet, but, I mean, I still have to watch it. And... I think, you know, I'm sure you probably talked about it on the podcast. I'm sure some people, I haven't been in, I just joined the, the room, so I'm sure people have said it. But I, I can't emphasize enough how bad this loss was. Like, it, Toronto was giving that game away in the fourth quarter. I mean, the things that they were doing, they ran like three or four straight post-up. Like, they posted up Thad Young against Luka, which is like the worst way to attack Luka if you're trying to attack him on defense is to try to post him up. Like, that's the one thing that he's super sturdy at um they posted up that young they posted up og they did they ran all, they ran all these post-ups despite the fact that they got their lead by you know running more pick and roll and 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 van vliet you know doing stuff uh, with the ball in his hands and then they just stopped and they decided all right we're gonna we're gonna post up the mavs which basically they basically threw away four possessions in a row um you know og gets a a how many flavor files happen defending a ball screen and you you foul the the guy without the ball like how many flagrant fouls are called on people that aren't holding the or don't have the ball like that's another that's another gift and then um what's his name uh boucher uh, boucher i'm sure that's probably how it's pronounced he missed that free throw that would have been a four-point game with third with like 50 seconds left which is that's a big deal you know they turned it from a two-possession game to one-possession game he missed that free throw he kept the three-point game I mean, they just did so much to get the Mavericks in this game. And the Mavericks still lost with a completely healthy roster with Luka, Luka looking good, like Maxi's back. And he Maxi looked good. Like, he didn't even, didn't even look like he had that much rest. Uh, of course, you know, he had deer in the headlights in the final possession. But, like, they're on two days rest. Like, I, I don't – I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's, that's an indefensible loss. And anyone trying to defend it, I just – uh, may God have mercy on your soul. I, I just don't know what to, to say anymore. I mean, well, and, and you, crazy. Did, did you hear my little riff on, on like kind of the unforced or like the, the, what I feel is like forced optimism from around like Mavs land. Did you hear any of that? I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I, the, I, the last I heard was, uh, you know, your last, your last. Okay. So I, I basically talked about like, I, I find myself just like very confused why there's a lot of like, well, this is going to be, like, why are we concerned with the starters, for example? And that, you know, Brad Townsend's been pretty vocal. And he's right with the numbers because, like, Dwight's actually not – Dwight's been fine. Like, it's it's a – not understanding why the best lineups aren't used more often, I think, is is really where we're going with this. And I don't – to me, there's there's just no easy answer. Like, they're going to play the Bucks tomorrow night after Luka Doncic played 43 minutes, and they're going oh to God. get destroyed. Or they'll, win because, or they'll win because the Mavericks are weird. Which, yeah, because Luka yeah. really always gets it up for playing against the very best players in the league. But the Bucks are a defensive monster. They are. Yeah. They, 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 I think they lead the league in, in defensive field goal percentage. And the Mavericks can't hit the broadside of a barn. So yeah. this, this could be – so they're going to be under 500, maybe. And if they're not, great. We'll come back in here and just be like, whew. I just really wish they would have won this one because then, like, it, it – Yeah, this was the one to win. 
they have to play like kind of 500 basketball until they figure something out. They cannot lose winnable games and they've lost so many winnable games. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, it's so crazy. And this game, you know, I got another thing I want to talk about, but like this game specifically, like, uh, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, the starters and, and play your five best guys as much as you can. And I understand Wood should have probably played a little bit more in the fourth quarter. I mean, he should have at least been on the floor of the final possession. That's that's indefensible. Um, you're down three, and he's probably your your best three point shooter, your best spot up three point. He's shooting forty five percent from three. Yeah, he has to be on he has to be on the floor. But to, to you know, I, I don't want to. You know, I'm not trying to defend any decision making or anything like that because you know I've got questions about it. But Wood, this wasn't Wood's best game. He had you know he was three of eight from the floor. He did have six. The thing that was crazy was he was clearly their best rebounder. I felt like besides Luca, he probably should have been on the floor more to prevent so many of those extra point chance opportunities. But you know, he was three of eight. I know uh, he had three blocks, which was nice. He had three turnovers. It, like, it wasn't like he was playing like he was playing against Boston. He was a little bit worse, but I still disagree. Still should have been on the floor of the final possession. And you know, Josh Green missed all his threes and had six fouls in seventeen minutes. Like. Even if kid wanted to play these like Green more over Bullock, like Green just didn't he physically didn't allow him to play more. Like he he fouled out. What are you gonna yeah. do? Like yeah. uh, and that's what and that's what me and you were talking about when when we see the reaction and we, and people are thinking like like Josh Green like if you start Josh Green this is gonna turn this thing around and it's like okay like we have to let's be like realistic and like we have to understand like the capabilities of some of these guys and mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just not that easy you know like it's nope. just it's Josh Green is still is still a raw talent that's being groomed and developed and and, and he's still there's still areas of his game to polish like you're just not going to go on like a 21 to to 50, you know 21 to 10 run if he's a, your starter all of a sudden because we've seen these games where kid tries to get him into the game more and he has games like tonight, which is again, nothing against Green. Like it's fine that he has a game like tonight. Yeah, I thought he like he, he, he has a really yeah. rough plus minus, but I thought he played fine. He took yeah, he the play. shots he, that were available to him. He did and he and then you know he took two threes, but he had two makes at the rim, I I believe, and he drove closeouts. So like, you know, it's it's fine. But like this idea that if like they'll be like a fifty five win team if, if he starts or if he averages thirty five minutes a game. That's where I'm like, why are you doing this to yourselves? Because you're only going to be disappointed when, you know, the reality hits and he sometimes has some games like tonight, which is normal for young developing players. Like, I mean, and that's what's like, that's just what just stands out in this, this whole thing where it's like Dorian, yeah. Reggie and green and Tim all sucked. Yeah. Like they all yeah. sucked. At least Dorian, <laughs> Dorian found his way to 16 points, which was kind of nice. Like, yes. Not trying to defend, you know, he still missed six threes, which was a big reason they lost. Wide open threes. All of them. Yeah, but at least 
even though he was slumping, he managed like he did he did some other stuff. Yeah. You know, when Bullock's not hitting shots, he doesn't he I mean he just doesn't really do anything unless he's yeah. playing defense. Um but another thing I want to talk about is I think why the fan base is just so frustrated after all these losses is because I think everyone just keeps looking toward the future and this team could turn like you know, Bullock could, you know, Bullock is going to flip a switch and probably start hitting 39% of his threes again. Same with Finney Smith. I don't know about Tim. I think Tim might be a lost cause, but they might be able to work around that uh, if, if Green can keep developing. But if Bullock and Finney Smith turn around and get back to being 39%, 38% three-point shooters, like the team's going to stabilize and they'll start winning some games and they'll get back into, you know, hopefully climb out of like the playing tournament range. You know, and I don't you – know, that wouldn't be crazy if that happens. But I think with people, like, where is the – like, the upside? Like, okay, you do that, you're a fifth seed or maybe a four, you know, fifth seed or something like that. Like, but what about, like, next year and the year after that? Like, the the plan, it's just not – you know, if Finney Smith and Bullock and Maxi were 25-year-old former first-round picks, you'd be like, okay, well, there's still some – up. like, no, these guys are tapped out. Dorian's almost 30. Bullock is, like, 31. Maxi is 30. He'll be 31 before the season ends. Like, there's just no – like, this is – like, what we saw last season is kind of it, and you just hope that they make more threes in that Western Conference Finals so, you know, they don't have that collapse in game two. But, like, that's that's the ceiling of the team. And yeah. so, like, I just – and you're, and you don't have Brunson – like – they just don't have any – Green is literally the only player on the team that shows any type of promise that you could imagine him being on the roster in five – four to five years, right? You know, or the, doing more in four to five years. You know, Finney Smith might be on the roster, but he's still going to be your nine to ten point per game guy that only right. shoots spot up threes. Like, I could just – and these guys have been on the roster forever. Like, Kleba and Powell and Finney Smith, have, they're three of the top, you know, what – six, seven minutes on the team year in and year out. And again, it's nothing against those guys, but I just, I can understand where the impatience comes from because really the only, the only thing fans have to look forward to other than the team kind of turning it around is just some miracle trade that we can't think of. Like there's just no, there's no cap space. There's no draft pick that's coming, you know, maybe Hardy, but you know, second round picks don't, the, the rate that they work out is, is very difficult. So I think that's, that's got to be why people get so frustrated after these losses because it's not like it's not like Finney Smith is your is a is a prospect like a blue chip prospect like this is him like this is Bullock this is Maxi this is who they are we've already t- they've already tapped them out talent wise and their their game isn't going to drastically change anymore so and they're you know Luca is like five to to four to five years younger than all these guys and it's like like what's this roster what's this roster going to look like when Luca's twenty eight you know like wh- that's and I don't think anyone has any. No one has an answer to that. Well, question. I mean, no, and Josh, that's scary. Josh, the, the the overarching answer that scares the shit out of most of us is Luca won't be on the roster. Well, on the roster, yeah. Exactly. Okay, exactly. that's exactly. the problem. The whole know, it's like like everybody at you know, but we've been all we've been all sort of browbeat because Dirk was a was a transcendent star who was willing to stay despite the bullshit and bad Maybe. luck. Really, they had a lot of bad luck. Yeah, versus, but also like, versus this stuff now, which is frankly self-imposed, like pain. Yeah, and this is where I whisper: they built, they were better at building the roster with Dirk in his prime than they are with Luca, which is just incredible. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine saying yeah. that like five years ago, <laughs> or four when Luca gets drafted? Like if if someone came in the future and said, "Hey, four years from now, you're gonna wish you had the Mavericks front office from from 2005 or 2006." 
Um, because man, sure. it's well, <laughs> well, and we have we have you know Rebecca in the chat says he deserves better than this. God dang right he does. But nobody seems to be willing to hold the Mavericks themselves accountable. Every time Josh and I do anything, we get gross amounts of pushback from people. Now, the grassroots, let's just call it that. The fan base is slowly starting to inch up. But there's like an apparatus that exists to tell you how everything is fine. And it's not. It's not terrible. But Luca, it can't be the only solution. They have to be lucky in some regards. I don't want to be too harsh on the Mavericks here because team building does involve some luck. But the fact that they've messed up as often as they have is really quite impressive. Yeah, there's been some bad, they've encountered some bad luck, but the things that have been in their control, I mean, they're like over on everything that they can control for the most yeah, part. For sure. Uh, that's tough. And it's just, you know, that when I saw that ESPN, you retweeted that ESPN stats and info tweet about the Mavericks record when Luka doesn't score 25 points. And I'm just like, <laughs> holy shit. Man. For anybody I mean, who doesn't know, the Mavericks are playing, yeah. they play 500 basketball during Luka's career. Like whenever Luka plays, if if they score 25 I'm sorry, if, if Lucas scores 25 or more, they win. And if they don't, they lose a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're like 53 like and 54 when he scores under yeah. 25. And like, man, like think back in when Dirk was in, you know, in 2003, 2004, 2005. I mean, Dirk never had seasons. Re- I mean, of course, it's a different right. game. It's a way different game. But like Dirk would have games where he would like score 18 or 20 and they would win. And it was like, and remember how mad we got about the roster building around Dirk back then? We were so mad about it. We were like, well, where's the... Because they still never really gave him a second All-Star during that entire run. That's right. I would would take 2004 Devin Harris on this roster. I would take 2005 Josh Howard. Like, holy cow. It's crazy. It's just a wild... It's like a wild talent differential. And what the story always back is on is like, well, you know, these... Like, once once the draft is over, the but it's like there's a pedigree involved. Where it's like yeah. you want better bites at the apple, and the Mavericks haven't gotten them. I mean, Reggie Bullock's the best, the best free agency mm-hmm. signing during, during the the um, during Lucas Luke entire tenure. Yeah. It's either him by or Seth, and they and they traded Seth, Seth Curry. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. That's a mess. Okay, I got a ton of people <laughs> waiting, and I yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, thank you for hanging out, Josh. Yep. All right. Guys, I'm not going to be able to get to everybody. I apologize for that. But I'm going to get to a few folks. And let's get your takes off quickly so we can fly through some people. Charles, you're a voice of, of light and optimism. Tell me what you're thinking, friend. Oh, hey, Kurt. Oh, man. This is like the week from hell. Breaking up after like 10 years. Probably been trying to keep it together for the past year. And I probably should have given up at the beginning of the year. But anyhow that and uh spending three hundred dollars getting your car's key fob to work so your car's not stuck an hour away for five days and all this other crap and this seems like it just fits right in with everything else doesn't it that does sound like a rough rough period of time i'm sorry to hear that charles oh well you know i i guess i feel like a real dallas fan like the local dallas people even i was born there i never stayed in dallas but just hearing people bitch all the time about their team, I guess I've really become one of the real diehard asshole. I hate this fucking shit. Sorry, my expletives, but <laughs> big, big <laughs> I fan guess. cursing. Uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, did you notice that this is the weirdest game I've seen? This is the worst start I've seen Luca get off to at the beginning of the game. Yet, as badly as he was playing, in other words, 
he, he was just making dumbass turnovers, and that's not him. And then, but everybody else was playing well enough to get us up. What was it, twenty-two to eleven or twenty-one to seven? And then they they must have gone on a nineteen to to eight run or something like that. And then it was just downhill from there. But it was like, what is this? A new strategy they're trying? Luca plays well. The team sucks, so the team's better if Luca sucks some more. Well, they know? were sending a soft double at Luca, and he made the right pass fairly frequently. And they they not at the beginning. All- not at the there's beginning. A lot of, there's a lot of like sloppy ball handling at the beginning. I, I remember what you're talking about. Luke ended up on the ground like three times. That was a little weird. Oh, then he got the, he, then he got the hang but of the, it. But then he actually he made some defensive plays to sort of repent, you know. Yeah. And uh, but but I mean the thing about it was is no I I, I got to disagree with a couple of things. One about Brunson. Look, Brunson's dad and and uh, the coach that that was with the Bulls for so long. Now he's there. That guy's known him since he was a little baby. And there's family. There's more family there than there is here in Dallas. And the real reason he's gone is, let's face it, he would say it all the time, like, he's just, Luca's just a perennial, uh, like, you know, once in a time talent. And he's going to have the ball in his hands. Like, you got you want to go somewhere where you get the ball in your hands, right? Because that's what he does well is when he, he gets to make more decisions. So he just had more opportunity somewhere else. And then, again, with Tim Hardaway, the guy's still getting in shape. That they're they're being careful with him, and he's you know he may not he may not be playing his worst he's ever played. But I mean well, he's, he might be. He's, <laughs> he, he's well he well yeah I mean but there's plenty of other people who are playing worse than he is. Is my opinion. Uh, I think I think Maxi helped everything, but I honestly you know I think this I think we play really badly when we have a couple of days off. I think when we play every other day we're in a better rhythm. But God. These last three games are brutal. I mean, we should have won that Denver game. And the, I'm right. sorry, but I, I've got to say the officials had their hand in the past three games. Now, we definitely lost tonight, hands down. And I'm not saying that that we lose because of the officials entirely. But in that Denver game, that is the weirdest second half I have ever seen. Somebody just saying, oh, here, you guys get the ball from the – we're going to replay the end of the last half. And then we're going to let you just take momentum home from there. I mean, it was, it wasn't just that there were so, if they, if they weren't making a a mistake on a call, they would just, it's like, look, I can, I can deal with the Dallas playing badly, but the the refs also helping it go even worse is just, it just gets gets me pretty mind boggling. And, you know, I don't know. That's just, that's just where I'm at on things lately. I'm just hoping they can't get any worse than this. We've we've watched them come out of the the dugout from like the late '80s and go anywhere but that further down, you know, anywhere but further down. I don't know. I, the Bucks are going to kick our ass. I know that. <laughs> right. It's just, just, I just can't. I just can't. Well, at least we're playing the next day, so yeah. you can wipe this thing, flush it, and sure. you know, and at least have that to look forward to, right? No, that's true. That's true. Get mad about something different tomorrow. That's absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. Something we can blame it on something else. <laughs> all right. well, Charles, thank you for joining. I hope you come thanks back. For, all right. Thanks for letting me run. Yeah, man. Of go course. Mavs. Go Mavs. All right. Let's go to Simon. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Tell us what you're thinking. Hit the unmute button when you pull yourself out from the chat on the main page, and it'll let you talk. Hey, hey, can you hear me? I can. Thanks hey, for joining. Hey, Kirk, thanks for letting me join. I really appreciate it. Sure. Um, just a couple observations from this game and then just like a couple big picture ones. Number one, 
I'll stop way short of blaming the loss on Luca. Um, but if you compare his effort to like what he did in Boston on Wednesday, like it seemed to me like he didn't really have his fastball. I didn't really see any aggressive rim attacks for him. Now, obviously, part of that is Toronto's defensive strategy, right? Where they're doubling him at half court on every single possession, right? I think maybe that slowed his momentum uh, early in the game. But in that situation where they're playing four on three, uh, they, they they just didn't take they didn't take advantage enough with the opportunities that the attention that Luca was drawing created. Yes, um, so many missed threes. So many, so many, so many missed threes. Right now, big picture, um, Christian Wood. Look, I I know like Maxi and Dwight. You know they I get it. They've been there for a while. They've built up equity within the organization, but. Christian Wood is just is far more talented offensively than either of those guys. And for all of whatever his defensive shortcomings are, those are never going to get ironed out if he's not playing high leverage minutes early in the season. Like, I don't care how many times Dwight Powell is in the right spot or how many high IQ plays he makes, he's never going to be able to do what Wood does offensively. And for right. this team, they need – what he can bring offensively because there's really nobody else on the roster other than Dinwiddie who can create a shot for themselves. So if, 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 if Wood is not taking his lumps at this point in the season, then he just never is. And they're going to, they're going to be cooked later in the season. Like I think my, my ideal closing lineup, I think for this team would be Luca Dinwiddie, Dorian, Maxi, and Dwight. I, I, you know, I, I know like the, the, the fandom is they're big on the lack of minutes for Wood and the lack of minutes for Josh Green. I just don't I don't I don't see it with Josh Green. Like I'm, I'm not I'm not optimistic at this stage in his career that he's going to be a major contributor yeah, they, the, uh, for a team that for, that's been my role is where it's just like if you need Josh Green, the season is in a much darker <laughs> spot than we want to admit. Exactly. It's not exactly. that he's bad. I actually like I love the shots that he took tonight. One of those goes down, maybe the game feels different. But like exactly. needing needing Josh Green sucks. Exactly. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. He's just he's just he's a young player and like we, you know, I think for Mavs fans, we look at a guy like Luca where he is where he was at that stage of development, right? But like most players, 90% of players that are at Josh Green stage just are not ready to contribute major minutes for a team that hopes to advance in the playoffs. Yeah. But I think Christian Christian Wood is there. Like, and like I heard, I was watching, was, this was from the um, uh, the Boston game on Wednesday and like Doris Burke, who I think is for the most part an excellent commentator, but she's like making the point like, uh, well, Christian Wood just hasn't played you know, any high leverage minutes or important games. And I'm like, well, nobody does until they do. That's right. But they, like, he, he, he's, if he's not going to do it now, then, when, then when's it going to happen? He's got it. He's got to play. He's got to share the floor with Luca more. Whether he starts or not it is irrelevant. And I heard the point you make about how, like, people are like, oh, who cares who starts for this team? And I, and I understand your point. But the bottom, whether he starts or not, okay, he, he should have been on the floor for the last possession. That goes without saying. Um, but – the, the chemistry between him and Luca is for, for the limited amount of time they've been on the court together looks really, really good. And 
you know, the one thing Dwight Powell does do well offensively is roll to the rim, right? And he knows where to be and he knows how to play off Luka in that way. But Christian Wood can do that too. Yep. And he could do so much more, right? And then you could still have Maxi kind of starting in the corner and pulling it and pulling up to the wing, right? When when they collapse right. on the roll, yeah. And, and obviously, Matt, I think Maxi and he does and he does a lot defensively. I don't think you're really at a loss offensively playing those two guys together with Luca and Dorian and Spencer. Yeah. That's that, that's the best hope this team has now. As far as the Brunson situation. I think the previous uh, guy who was who was in on the chat said it right. You know, the Mavericks, they, they didn't really mess up with what they did this summer. I think by the time the season ended, like Brunson was always headed in New York. Like the star, the stars were aligned for that. Where they messed up was that they didn't lock him into an extension before his market value skyrocketed. That's where they messed up with that. But once the, but once the playoffs happened, like Brunson was gone. They were not resigning him under any circumstances. I mean, I think Brunson was gone before the trade deadline. And they and I think it, the question that we'll never know is whether they knew that or not. And if they knew that, then not moving him for something is going to be one of those things that just sticks with the team. Also, they didn't offer him the maximum amount of money. That's just a thing. That like, There's so many mistakes, and team building is hard. But it only it only looks worse when you see how well he's playing. So... Yeah, but 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 he but he's at that point in his career now that like that that's his level. Like it's not how it's that that's just the level of player that he is. He proved that he proved that enough last year, and and he squashed any doubts about that with what he did in the postseason. Like he can he can get a bucket against almost anybody, and he he was so crucial for what they were trying to do last year, just because of how much Luca has the ball and how how much attention he draws. You know, Spencer Spencer can kind of halfway fill that role, but that's why you bring in a guy like Wood. It's like, okay, like if we're not going to get that scoring uh, from a perimeter player, well, he, he's just he's just another guy who can score, even though he's not a ball a ball handler per se. So you would hope that a little bit of an increase from Spencer and what Wood brings, whereas previously that's an element that they did not have on last year's roster, that that would that would replace uh, what was lost when. Brunson left. Now, kids, kids' reticence to just kind of trust Wood at this point in the season, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Oh, and it feels, he, it feels intentional. Even if you don't trust him it, at this point, right? Oh, because it feels it, like it, they're it, trying to prove a point with him. Like there, there's some games going on. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't get it because he, he, because. Like Doris said, you know, yeah, he's he he hasn't been on a good team in his career, but now but now he is, and now he has a chance to prove. And there, I mean, he's had some game. I mean, that Boston game, he was freaking, he was lights out. I mean, he can do he can do so much offensively, and he's he's a good rebounder. He brings he brings look as much as Maxie and Dwight like he he's just he's just a better player. He's a better player, and talent wins in this league. So they, they got they have to figure out a role for him where he's playing next to Luca, twenty eight minutes a night, and that and that and that becomes the battery, the pick and roll battery, and not Luca and Dwight because it's like as much as we love Dwight and he's good, he's a good guy, good professional. He 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 doesn't he doesn't have the talent. If he rank thirty starting centers in the league, where does he rank? Yeah. He's he's in the bottom five. Yeah. Period. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you uh, joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I'll be on, be on again soon, hopefully. Outstanding.
All right, we're going to go, and remember, guys, I'm going to folks that haven't come on, uh, that I've not seen as much lately, because uh, I have some of my regulars waiting, but I apologize. Joel, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, Kirk, it's been a while. How are you? It has. It's been since last season, I think, um, and it kind of seems like we're dealing with the same shit. Um, I made a tweet earlier talking about how, honestly, I really don't care about Christian Woods' defense. Our defense is number second, is is number two in the NBA right now. Our offense is number twenty-five, with by far, by the metrics, the best offensive player in the NBA right now. That is horrid. It's a chore to watch this team. We cannot win when we have the best offensive player in the NBA and we're only ranked twenty-five. That's right. It doesn't matter what inadequacies Christian Wood has. He has kid has to be able to evaluate the talent we have on our roster currently and the talent on our roster is telling us that our defense is not going to win us games because our defensive players cannot play offense unless they're given the perfect situation set up by Luca. and I'm not sure that Luca can do that playing 43 minutes 40 minutes 38 minutes whatever it is that they came up. right I'm not doubting him I'm doubting his, his ability to be a one man playing a five-person game. This game is five on five, not one on five. And Kid needs to figure that out and realize that, yes, Christian Wood is inadequate at defense. So right. is Tim Hardaway Jr. So is Spencer Dinawitty. And you know what he's better at both those players? Offense as well. Remarkable concept. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy in the chat says it matters more to kid that he's right. I just can't shake that feeling. Just can't shake it. That seems to be who he is. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that KP was a, a fit necessarily, but I think his efficiency this year on a team as the second best player with a, a number one player that's worse than ours and they have a better record tells you a lot about his ability to work with anybody except a generational player. The role players in the Bucs hated him. The second best player on the Bucs was basically the reason he left, Chris Middleton. He doesn't know, understand that you can't just work with one dude. Luka is great. The helocentric offense can work at times. But you know what it does? It destroys morale. And when you don't have results to back up, your reasoning for having a heliocentric offense, it's doing what it's doing now. You know, the other game, the other day, it, was, it wasn't just Luca that was pissed at his teammates. His teammates were pissed at Luca. There is a, there is a part in there where I think it was Luca trying to give Dorian Finney-Smith a hand, a high five, and Dorian Finney-Smith like, wouldn't even look at him and like walk away. <laughs> this is just getting to the point where it's, it's, it's doing more harm than it is doing good. Well, the team construction is just something we're never going to walk away from. It's just going to be part of this, and it might just be the, the story for the season. I appreciate you coming back on. You got anything else for us? I do have a question for you. Sure. It could possibly only be related to bigs, but I do think that you know people that would be potentially interested in teaming up with Luca even ones that aren't bigs are looking at the situation with KP and now Christian Wood 
and concerned about whether they would actually be able to thrive in this system. Because there's also not that many second stars that are great defensive players. Yeah. Well, that stuff's got to be more for time. I mean, I'm not, like, there's so many factors that are involved there where, you know, you guys need to be at a certain points in their career to kind of want to take a back seat to a, a superstar. You know, the Bucks obviously had Middleton, so it's like those guys grew up playing together. Like, there's there's difficult things that are involved. Like, that's why I just think that, that's why I've been so frustrated for years with the pursuit of free agency as a path forward because it's just not, it's so up in the air. Like, you got to utilize all things you know, uh, at, at your availability to try to improve your team. And the Mavericks have either just been poor or had bad luck at all these things. So I don't have a good answer for you there. I'm, you know, the, the right guy in the right situation, you know, it's like you never really know what could happen. I mean, the, the Porzingis thing in hindsight was just so – it was really poorly matched because Porzingis was just so injury prone. But, like, it, it's – anyways. All right, guys, I'm sorry. I have to cut loose right now in a hurry. Um, I'm hearing some dog barking downstairs. I hate to get out of Dodge so quickly. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight, and we will come back uh, probably tomorrow night, and uh, hopefully we'll have a W, but you never know with these guys. All right, go Mavs. Thanks for hanging out.